0: hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. He is a good, good father. Because he's a good, good father, I'm going to endeavor to be a good, good son. Amen. 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 How are you guys doing? So for some of us, Sunday is kind of like this is like the end of the week for us because we start work again on Monday And for some of us, this is the first day of the week Right, so for how many of us is this the first day of the week? First day of the week, that's pretty good, that's pretty good Okay, for how many of us is it the last day of the week? Right, for the majority of us, right, it's the last day of the week So as you know, when I, um, when I do this, um, I'm just one of the servants here, one of the people who help in uh, Riverside, Lisbon. My name's Barry, and uh, you can call me that. Uh, don't call me pastor after the service. Don't call me, you know, preacher. Don't, just Barry is my first, that's my birth name, right? So you can call me Barry. And I, I, I say that because so many people assume things. I'm the oldest guy here. So they think I'm the pastor, right? So they go, Pastor, I want to ask you a question. i like, oh, I'm not the pastor. So, so after service, Pastor Ruben <laughs> and uh, Pastor Gabby is here somewhere as well uh, with the girls. So don't, if you want to ask a pastor a question, Pastor Reuben, Pastor Gabby, Pastor Dina, all right? Awesome. How many here for the first time? First time ever to Riverside, Lisbon? All right, give her a hand. All right, we got a first-time visitor back there. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, So now you already know I'm not the pastor. You're one step ahead of everything, right? All right, so as you guys know, whenever I get up and do this, I like to take us kind of on a a journey prematurely, right, just before we get into the message. Um, And so I just want to bring this scripture up, Genesis 2, 2, 3, and then we'll go on our journey and then we'll talk a little bit about the scripture, okay? Genesis chapter 2, 2 and 3 says, By the seventh day God completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Father, thank you for your word. That you put it down in black and white for us to show us your way, to show us how to please you and and what to do uh, to give you honor and glory. And we ask that we be just hearers and doers of your word today, that your spirit would speak through me and that no words of my own opinion, my own personal thoughts would come through, but your very word only, because what I have to say is of no consequence if it's not of you. Therefore, let the power of your Holy Spirit rest upon me, the anointing rest upon me, that we may hear your voice today, in Jesus' name. All right, so go with me on this journey. Let's imagine we're driving a long distance on a very hot day. All right. We've been hitting some serious bumps, we've been hitting some potholes, and our car is taken a beating. You know, but we're in this car together, right? But we have a long way to go before we'll arrive at our destination. So we push it a little bit. We see a gas station coming up, but you know, we we got enough gas to get to the next one, so uh, we pass it by. Well, as we continue on, now our gas tank is starting to approach E. That's empty. For those that don't know, E is empty. But we're in a hurry to get where we're going, and. We figure, uh, we're sure we're going to make it to the next gas station. It can't be that far. We pass rest stops, whatever, to, to, we don't need the rest. We don't need to lengthen this trip any more than we have to. We want to get there as soon as possible. And all of a sudden, we're driving through a scorched, kind of barren land. There's not really anything around for miles. Now, of course, we didn't anticipate this. We kind of just for following the GPS, GPS doesn't tell you there's scorched barren land ahead. Right? But it does tell you where you're going. But all of a sudden the car's engine starts sputtering. Now, steam is starting to pour out from under the hood of your car. The engine is starting to burn out. Now we're out in the middle of nowhere, stuck with almost no gas and we don't know it yet, but our lives are now in serious danger. Don't be afraid, though. That's not the reality that we're in right now, but it can be, and this is not a far-fetched story because in the U.S., there's a region in California on the eastern border called Death Valley. Anybody ever heard of Death Valley? Temperatures average about 55 degrees centigrade. Death Valley many people get stranded there because they don't bother to fuel up before they come into Death Valley they don't top off the engine's water or whatever they just did not anticipate what was required for the journey What we're going to talk about today is what the Bible talks about rest and find God's purpose for rest in our lives so I got some questions Would anybody like to gain new strength and energy? New strength and energy, okay, that's almost unanimous, some don't, I definitely do. Would you like to hear God more clearly? Would you like to be sure of the direction he has for your life? Would you like to know his purposes for you, for your life? Okay, awesome. So, I'm gonna give you a definition, Shavat. Anybody ever heard that word before, Shabbat? It's Sabbath, basically, is what Sabbath means. And the definition of Sabbath is to rest. To rest. Right? So one of the longer of the Ten Commandments was about the Shabbat. So in Exodus 20, 8 through 11, the Bible says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but of the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male slave or your female slave, or your cattle, or your resident who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. For that reason, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. What was the punishment for disobeying this law? I don't know if any of you know, it was death. You were to be put to death if you disobeyed this law. I think God took this commandment very seriously, as he does all his commandments. But you might say, well, you know, isn't that under the law? Or are, I mean, we're not even under the law anymore, are we? We, we, we? We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. True. But that's not all, we've been re- redeemed from the curse and the requirements of the law. That's why we don't sacrifice lambs and books and turtle doves and everything, because Jesus came and fulfilled the law. He told us that he had not come to abolish it, but to fulfill it, and so he fulfilled the law for us. But that just means that our life should now reflect the fulfillment of the law just by the fact that Jesus fulfilled it on our behalf and is our advocate before God. Because Jesus even rested. Is that right? So let's go to Galatians chapter 3.13. This is the reason why we're redeemed from the curse. Dina, you want to read that for us? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written... Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So I think we can agree Jesus hung on the tree on our behalf. He took on the curse for us so that we would not have to. And then he says in Matthew 5, 17 through 19, though, that doesn't mean don't do the law. That's not what I'm talking about. So Matthew 5, 17 through 19, Pedro, would you read that for us? Do not presume that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of a letter shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Until heaven and earth pass away. Until all is accomplished. I think the message the Lord is trying to give to all of us uh, about work is that the simple, fruitful work that God gave Adam before the fall became hard labor after the fall. Hard labor was now a part of the curse that came upon us. It now requires more effort and unfortunately can produce some unanticipated and unwelcome results. Let's look at that. Genesis 3:17 through 19. to the man he said since you listen to your wife now husbands I'm going to do a detour right here real quick that doesn't mean don't listen to your wife (laughs) husbands can I get amen Amen. (laughs) what it means is in exact opposition to what God had told him and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat the ground is cursed because of you all your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Is God saying all work is bad? Am I saying all work is bad? No. No course not hard work can pay off and it can be productive you can get good results from it but with it we better learn shavat. hard work requires shabbat lisa and i had a friend named clayetta clayetta great name great woman of god friend of ours back in california she went on to be with the lord a little while back she was very active in our church she was a mother of three children, five grandchildren. She was a member of the worship team, choir member, deacon, dean of the school of ministry. She did a couple other things in the church as well. And she confided in us um, at one point that she was feeling uh, a little bit guilty, a little bit frustrated, a little bit bitter, because she was, she was just starting to feel overwhelmed. She was getting tired, burnt out, and, uh, and she was like, I shouldn't feel that way working for the Lord. And then she said, well, what would the sensible person do? She went and prayed about it. She went and talked to the Lord about it. She said after a period of time, the Lord spoke to her. Said, she said it was so clear that it was almost as if he spoke to me in, a, in an out loud, audible voice. It wasn't, but it was so clear. And the Lord told her, I didn't tell you to do all that. I'm going to let that sink in. I didn't tell you to do all that. So what does that mean? So it means she's taking on things that the Lord has not directed her to do, and therefore, it's creating burnout, fatigue. She's starting to go get frustrated, and for doing the work of the Lord. You know, we, I think she's right. I don't think we should be feeling that way. But maybe it's because we're taking on too much. The work of the Lord now has become gotten ahead of the Lord of the work. He sought the, she sought the Lord, and he told her what to do. She had adjusted her schedule, excuse me, and, and began continued her work, but the work that the Lord had instructed her to do. Pedro preached a great message this morning. If you missed it, go watch it on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube uh, and, and, and see the message that he preached this morning. Sometimes we take on things that we see that need to be done. they look good to our eyes, and so we take it. however, <laughs> uh, giving no thought as to whether or not it's ours to do that's, that's that's where where we get in trouble a little bit right now servant servant let me give you a little background on the word servant right servant in the in the Bible can sometimes mean slave right but it also in in the new church meant servant of Christ by love, bound by love and doing the work of the Lord because we love the Lord and we're thankful that he saved us. Servant is not a word we're accustomed to in our culture. Servant has a negative connotation. It really does. Now as an African-American, I can tell you servant really does have a super negative connotation. Serving anybody after what what we experienced, our ancestors experienced in the U.S. through slavery is not something that's a, a word that's easily accepted by our culture. But what we're asking for here in the believers community is a change in mindset. A servant serves only because they are willing to serve, only because they want to serve, not because they're forced to. However... Servants don't do the things that they haven't been told by their master to do. Servants wait for instruction and direction. Is anybody still, you know, you can feel it when you say the word servant. You can feel it. You can feel kind of like master, you know what I mean? Servant, master is kind of like, we. if we're honest with ourselves, inside we just feel like, oh, that just kind of makes a twinge, Right? But we don't serve a harsh taskmaster. We're not under the whip. Jesus Christ is, he's the good shepherd. He's the good master. He's always looking out for our good. So what we should do is wait for direction. Before we jump in and do something that looks good, so we take it. Instead, we wait for direction from the master. Because there might be another servant called for that task. But why do we often bite off more than we can chew? That's a great question. if If it's hard labor, if it produces thorns and thistles, if it creates problems, why do we keep biting off more than we can chew? Specialists in psychology have found that there are several reasons why we do this, why we may become overly focused on work. Here's a couple that may hit home, they, a couple of them hit home from me. One, socially acceptable way to get approval and respect from peers. Wow. So, you know, don't we love it when people go, man, you just did a great job, and man, I just really appreciate you, and you're so valuable to this company, you're so valuable to this church, you're so valuable to this organization. We can often find our identity in it, our value in it. So when we do that, we tend to overwork because we have to, put, we have to give ourselves as much value and we have to identify who we are in that thing. So we have to be the best. We have to keep working it, keep working and keep working. Another way is it's a way to escape other pressing issues. This is a good one too. So if I want to avoid something That I know I have to deal with, but I don't want to deal with it yet. What I'll do is I'll get involved with something else and I'll start working on that thing. Hopefully it's a long-term thing that keeps me going for a long time to keep me away from the thing that I'm avoiding. We stay away from things that we're unwilling to face and we'll pretty much do, there's a whole bunch of things we'll do to avoid them. Here's another one. It's an attempt to occupy ourselves when we are emotionally spent. <laughs> um, we don't want to admit that. We don't want to admit that we get tired because that's a sign of weakness. Mentally and physically, we get tired and we're like, no, nope, no, nope, you know. Because people, I mean, think about it, it's a badge of honor sometimes when you think of people who are workaholics. People who are workaholics are like, man, I just can't believe that person is. They just, they're just nonstop. They're like the Energizer bunny. They just go, 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 go. Right? They're a tireless worker, which is an untruth. There's no such thing as a tireless worker. Everybody gets tired if they work long enough. Right? So we do this when we're mentally exhausted so we can do more to convince ourselves that we're not because if we do more than that, I can't be mentally exhausted. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And the tank is running out. So, all that to say this, why take a day of rest? A day of rest. One, God blessed it. So let's bring up Genesis 2 two and 3 again, please. God blessed it. Rest is blessed. I'm a poet, amateur, amateur poet, but you know, rest is blessed. God blessed it. It says in the scripture, He blessed it because on it He rested from all His work. Isn't that interesting? Because I, I always thought, you know, God doesn't need to rest. God doesn't get tired. God is He's not short on strength or energy, right? He he if he he could create the world in one day if he wanted to. But he, as an example to us, took the time to make a day of rest for himself to show us this is a blessed day. If God blessed the Sabbath, then obviously there's a blessing in it for us. And we wonder, you know, blessed how? How am I going to be blessed on this day of rest? We'll get to that in a minute. God sanctified it. Number two, the Lord set the Sabbath apart. Rest is, made in, rest is sanctified. Sorry. Rest is sanctified. He set it apart. Does anybody know the definition of sanctify? I love to define words. So sanctified is set apart for God's purpose. Set apart. Separate. So the Sabbath was supposed to be different than any other day. He said, remember to keep it holy, so don't make it the same as every other day. It's sanctified, it's separate, it's blessed, right? Just like we're sanctified. We're sanctified, which means we're set apart for God's purposes, which means we're different, or we're supposed to be different, right? Third is God made it for us. Now here's an interesting concept. God said he rested on the seventh day. And he blessed it because he rested. But Jesus said in Mark 2, 27 and two twenty eight that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has made for me. I want everything that God has for me. If it's something that he made for me, something that he blessed, something that he sanctified, And I need to discover what those things are. I need to get in that Sabbath. I need to get in that rest and discover why God made it so special and why he made it so special for me. And it won't be the same for everybody. The blessing you get out of Sabbath won't be the blessing I get out of Sabbath. Why is that? Well, because our relationship with God is personal. Our relationship with God is different. So no one can tell you what the blessing of the Sabbath will do for you. You get in with God and find out. That's how it happens. So it might be useful for a moment to talk about what resting is not. So for those doers, those people who are super task oriented, I got to be doing something. I got to accomplish something. Rest is not doing nothing. Just want to get, just set your mind at ease. Rest is not doing nothing. It's not wasting precious time. It's not being lazy. It's not something you do only when you feel tired or that you feel exhausted. Do only when you're exhausted, right? That's not that's not the purpose of it. It's doing what's necessary not to break down in a barren place. Because if we look back at that scripture when God said curses at the ground and it will produce thorns and thistles, just understand that when you work, when you do hard labor, you're going to have thorns and thistles. They're going to come up. One of the reasons why you rest is because you need to overcome. You need to press through. You need to have the courage and the strength and the energy to overcome those thorns and thistles in your life. Because your engine... Will run until it won't. Problem is, we never know when that point is. We talked, Lisa and I have talked to a lot of people much younger than us, which is most of you. (laughs) And we talk about how you can work and work, and you can press through, and you can make things happen, right? You can do it. But eventually, your body's gonna go, enough is enough. Or your mind is gonna go, enough is enough, right? So, refuel, refill, or regret it, regret it, Shavat, shavat. So, to go into just more detail, we talked about what resting is not. Let's talk about what resting actually looks like now. One, resting is a time of refreshment. It's a time to be refreshed the word refresh means, to give new strength or energy to. Remember I asked you that question at the beginning? That's what refresh means. How can we be sure that resting will give us refreshment? Isaiah 40, 30 and 31. Dina and my favorite scripture, though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. We may have heard this verse many times before, but I don't think we ever realized that it literally tells us how to be refreshed, literally tells us how to have new strength. And sometimes we press right through that. We don't really, it kind of just goes over our head. Because oftentimes we need new energy. Oftentimes we need new strength. And we're drawn on the old strength. Why do we need new strength, though? Because those tasks ahead I talked about. Those difficulties, those barriers, those thorns and thistles. We need something new to help us overcome those obstacles. And we won't be able to rely on the old strength. The old strength was for the old obstacles. It was for the old barriers, the old thorns and thistles. But then, sometimes, um, it's a time of preparation. Resting is a time of preparation as well. Now we can prepare for those obstacles, for those barriers, but also we need to prepare before God's deliverance. So resting is a time of preparation, getting ready for God's deliverance. Simply because there are some things we just will not be able to press through. Some obstacles that are too great for us. Some barriers too high. We can't get around them. We can't get over them. We're not going to be able to do it. We need God to do it. Sometimes we're just plain scared because we see this thing. It's like a giant. And we go, I cannot overcome this. This is not, I I don't know if if I can get past this. I'm not going to make it. Exodus 14, 13, and 14. I hope this scripture encourages your heart. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will perform for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again, ever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. While you do what? While you do what? Now's not the time to keep silent. While you do what? Keep silent. silent. Glory to God. Not only did God deliver the Israelites from the Egyptians, but he made sure they'd never have to worry about them again. Are we willing to wait to allow God to do that level of a miracle in our lives? Or do we just want to press through and try to make it happen ourselves? Last, resting is a time of silence and solitude. This is a hard one, mainly because of this. Social media, you know, live streaming, uh, very hard to get into silence. Now, there's a scripture in Psalm 4610. Stop striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. You see that word striving there? It's in italics, right? Everybody with me? When the word's in italics like that, that means that the translator, that word was not in the original text. They tried to add that in there to give us, give us a better understanding of what, what's the, the big deal, what's the big idea there. What happens when you take that word out, though? Stop striving. What happens if you take that out as it was in the original text? It says, stop and know that I'm God. Is that powerful? That is incredibly powerful. Stop. Stop what? Stop whatever you're doing. Stop whatever you're doing and know that I'm God. Why? Because God, in this scenario, is the only one who is above all things, who can do all things. We are not. Stop and know that he is God because we are not. Work, social media, watching TV, whatever, playing games, that one was for Lisa. (laughs) Because God is the one who's in control. Another translation says, be still, be still, right? What happens when we get away from this? What happens when we get away from doing our work? We're faced with some things that we dread sometimes. Silence and solitude. We find ourselves in the secret place that you hear Jesus talk about. When we get away from the phone, the TV, from the work. We we find ourselves in a secret place. But Jesus said, that's where the Father is. The Father is in secret. We asked a few questions at the beginning. Do you want to hear God more? Because we don't really need to be taught how to hear. Have you thought about that? We don't really... We, we're born and we hear. Unless we're born deaf. We, we're born, we can hear and babies can hear, right? We know that. So we don't have to be taught how to hear. We got to be taught how to pay attention. We have to be taught how to listen. That's what we have to be taught. So when we say, you know, I'm having a hard time hearing God, eh, it's really we're having a hard time paying attention. We're having a hard time listening. Silence and solitude will help with that. Right. So what we need to do is get away. Because some of us can't sleep because our mind is racing all the time. Some of us can't focus easily distracted, you know. But if there's solitude and silence, there's nothing to distract you, right? Now only your mind is the thing that's maybe distracting you. But as we spend more time in silence and solitude, more time in the secret place with God, that will diminish. It will become less and less. And then what happens normally in our life where voices crowd out god's voice distractions obstacles you know things that we're thinking about that oh what am i going to do about you know in prayer we do it what am i you know we're thinking about we want to pray and we want to talk to god but we're thinking about this next thing we're thinking about something that happened before but we we we're, we're not present right and, and in sil- silence and solitude teaches us how to be present in secret with god Silence and solitude can actually drown out those other voices. And we generally get deceived. God's not leading us. God's not speaking to me. God's not giving me direction. He is. We aren't paying attention. We aren't focusing. We're not listening. It makes for a difficult life, it makes for difficult prayer time practice it. Practice solitude and silence. Have I perfected it? Please. (laughs) I haven't perfected it, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Get away from everything. So I'll ask again, would you like to gain new strength and energy? Would you like to hear God more clearly? Would Would you like to be more sure of the direction he wants you to go in? Would you like to be uh, clearer on what his purposes are for your life? I think all of us would say yes to all of those questions. I think we would. So what do we do? Rest. Be refreshed. Be prepared. Be silent. Be alone with God. And rest. Amen? Amen. I'd like to invite the worship team to come up. Stop. And know that I'm God. Is it hard to stop? We could admit that. It's hard to stop. We feel like, uh, you know, my, maybe my career won't be as successful if I stop. Maybe if I stop, the Lord will, will be disappointed with me because I'm not doing his work. Maybe if I stop, you know, I, I won't get as far. I won't be advanced. People won't look at me the same way. They look at me as somebody who doesn't want to do anything. Or And especially if they're working really, really hard working circles around you, but you stopped. But it's like the gas tank going through the barren scorched wasteland. Either you will stop on your own to replenish and restore or the thing carrying you through will stop (laughs) because there's just nothing left in the tank. Let's sing this song together.